Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. This is E-Commerce Conversations by Practical E-Commerce. I'm Kerry Murdoch. The Durban Amendment to the Dodd-Frank legislative package affects e-commerce merchants. That's because the amendment greatly lowers the rate that Visa and MasterCard charge for the processing of debit cards. But importantly, the amendment does not automatically lower the fees that merchants actually pay to their merchant account providers. Our guest today is a longtime veteran of the credit and debit card industry. He's Sloan Bouchevet, the founder of Interchange Plus Solutions, a merchant account provider, and he's here to explain the Durban Amendment and to suggest ways for merchants to make certain they receive the lower debit card rates. Well, Sloan, thank you for your time today. Yeah, it's great, great being here again, Kerry. Thank you. Sloan, we always enjoy your perspective as a, a veteran of, a, of the credit card industry, uh, an entrepreneur in that industry, and we're here today to talk about the Durban Amendment to the Dodd-Frank financial reform. The Durban Amendment affects debit card rates, uh, which our listeners, of course, uh, accept, many of them accept. Can you tell us what Durban does to debit cards? Sure. Well, quite simply... The Durban Amendment regulates the debit card fees that large banks can charge to merchants that accept transactions from their cardholders. So the amendment caps debit card rates to what Congress deems a reasonable proportional fee of 7 to 12 cents on each transaction, down from the current cost of approximately 44 cents a transaction. Why, why, is, why is Congress getting involved and what should be a free market decision? Why is Congress dictating that to uh, to the to the credit card industry? Well, that's uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting question. Uh, I recently attended a, a really interesting speech by former Senator Christopher Dodd, co-author of the Dodd Frank Act. And all politics aside, Dodd did a really good job of taking us back to the worst days of the financial crisis. Which, which really set the stage for this regulation and hence the Durban Amendment. And, and I think this is a case where Congress actually allowed Main Street to beat Wall Street. Um, retailers were finally able to fight back against the big banks. And, and so here, in terms of you know, the actual debit card uh, regulations, in my opinion, debit cards are basically just plastic checks. And since checks pass at face value, 
I believe Congress was just trying to add a modicum of fairness for consumers and merchants as debit cards replace checks in our economy. Do you believe Durbin does that for consumers? Well, I think that uh, remains to be seen, how that's all going to play out. Uh, if you believe the lobbyists of the banks, uh, Durbin is simply going to hurt banks because they may take away things like free checking, etc., cetera, uh, or, or rewards, cards, uh, rewards points on debit cards. I think I've got to take a, a wait-and-see approach on how it actually interplays with all the various factions coming into play. So why not... Why not credit cards, too? Why didn't, in your, your example of Senator Dodd, why didn't he work, why didn't he regulate credit cards more? Uh, again, fascinating in listening to him. Uh, Dodd talked extensively about why certain bills in Congress pass with certain provisions and others fail. A lot of time it's just simply how many votes a bill can get. So someone in the audience actually asked, so why 7 to 12 cents? And he said, because we had 60 votes for 7 to 12 cents and 55 votes for 3 cents. <laughs> and that's the way you know Congress works. If you can get the votes, you could potentially pass it. Um, I think there's another reason here uh, why Congress didn't want to interrupt uh, credit cards at this time. Um, basically, credit cards are the last fairly easy form of credit available. And in fact, I recently learned that college classes in entrepreneurship actually now encourage students launching companies to finance their startup costs using credit cards instead of applying for a bank loan, since bank loans are virtually impossible to get for a startup. <laughs> Interesting. One of the misnomers that we hear, a confusing, a, a confusing point on the Durban Amendment as it relates to debit card rate reduction is that that doesn't directly apply to merchants. It applies to the interchange. Explain all that to us. Well, this is one of my biggest disappointments with the Durban Amendment, that merchant account providers weren't required to pass along the lower debit card fee savings to their merchants. And I'll give you an example. The, the current e-commerce debit interchange is 1.6% plus 15 cents. That's the actual cost to process a debit card on the internet. And then of course you end up with some markup for the processor, et cetera. So the interchange cost currently before Durban is 1.6% and 15 cents. The average e-commerce merchant pays two and a quarter percent plus 30 cents to accept debit cards. And there's some additional fees between the 1.6 and the 2.25 that are for you know profit and risk management, et cetera. With Durban, the actual interchange cost is slated to drop to just 7 to 12 cents. The 1.6% actually goes away. And here's a sad fact. For merchants paying their processors under a qualified mid-qual and non-qual three-tier billing scenario, those merchants are going to continue to pay the 2 and a quarter percent and 30 cents, but their processors are going to pocket the 1.6% savings. That's pure profit for themselves. So that just doesn't seem fair to me that Congress regulates debit and the processors don't pass it through. So that's my disappointment of Durban. So merchants listening to this that are on the three-tiered system, that aren't on interchange plus pricing, which I know your company offers, uh, they're on the three-tiered system. What is your suggestion to them? 
what sort of conversation should they be having to their merchant account provider to make sure that that lower debit card rate gets passed through to them? What should they do? I'd go right back to my processor. First of all, I'd read uh, the, the information about Durban, what it does. I'd find out what Interchange Plus pricing actually does, and I'd go right back to my processor and give them a call and say, hey, I want to get moved over to Interchange Plus pricing and true Interchange Plus pricing. A lot of folks are kind of playing some games with this now where they're giving you Interchange, but then they're also adding a surcharge for any transaction that doesn't, that, that's, that's card not present, for example, um, which is all e-commerce merchants. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd go right back to my processor with the knowledge of what Interchange Plus was and demand to be put on Interchange Plus. Is it possible that a, a, a tiered provider will, in fact, lower the price of their tiers? <laughs> <laughs> the veil of tiers. <laughs> I would say that that's a possibility. I do think there are some legacy systems in the three-tier uh, system. So basically, they're lumping debit cards with standard credit cards. Those would be credit cards without the rewards. And they're lumping those together, getting a much higher profit margin out of the debit cards because the interchange is so much lower. So they're bringing that up into what they call the qualified rate. And uh, some processors may have legacy systems that they just can't um, take the debit card tier and break it out into like a four tier, which would be debit and then standard, et cetera. Does that make sense, Gary? It does, yes. Mm-hmm. I suspect for listeners uh, that are that are listening to this conversation, I suspect they could contact your company to sort out. Statements themselves are confusing. This whole this whole discussion is confusing. For questions, go to interchangeplus.com. You guys would help sort those questions out, I assume. Yeah, oh, we, we'd love to, and that's interchangeplussolutions.com. We'd be more than happy to have a, a conversation with folks and, and arm them with the information to go back to their processors. Tell us about switching gears briefly, Sloan, about the different ty- I know there are two different types of debit cards, which makes this even more confusing. Discuss that, discuss that with us. Sure. So there's pin-based debit and signature debit. And, and another confusing aspect is that they call it signature debit on the Internet, uh, even though there's no signature. But the, the, <laughs> the variation is that pin-based debit, the consumer actually keys in their four-digit pin code, which gives this direct access to their checking account. Uh, and Visa and MasterCard in the past have created, you know, various debit networks to carry these transactions because they're not issuing credit here. This is just funds that we know is sitting in somebody's checking account. So pin-based debit uh, allows the consumer to put in their key, uh, uh, their key, their their pin number, and uh, and they've talked about that's a more secure transaction uh, between the consumer and their bank, etc. And because of that, in the past, Visa and MasterCard had lower interchange fees for pin-based debit than for signature debit. Signature debit, the person doesn't put in their PIN number. Uh, what I find very interesting is that uh, with the lower rates for debit cards that Durbin promises, I'm not sure there's much incentive in the future to utilize PIN debit cards at all, with interchange dropping down to seven to 12 cents on a debit card, whether there's a PIN number or not. Hmm. Interesting. Is there a difference in the assumption of fraud risk between a PIN debit and a signature debit? Are you aware of that? 
Yeah, and so interestingly enough, when uh, you know your, your typical criminal who, who does a data breach and pulls a bunch of credit and debit cards out of a, a database somewhere, clearly they don't have the, the PIN numbers, so they can use a debit card just like a credit card anywhere. And uh, what we've always thought was, you know, you put locks on your doors and windows for honest people because the criminals would just simply break the, the glass and break in anyway. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm not sure that the PIN helps that much when anybody who gets your debit card can still use it as a signature debit. Okay. So for... There's no reason then for merchants to encourage... I know there are some technologies out there that are attempting to allow the... Uh, PIN debit technology to be incorporated in shopping carts, but from what you're saying, there is little reason for merchants to do that. Well, I, I certainly could be proven wrong. However, I have done some research on PIN debit on the internet because I, I find that fascinating, and I, I talk to some of the big gateways. And what's happening right now is the providers of online PIN debit are going directly to merchants. You are correct and they're bypassing gateways like authorized.net. And so for a merchant to enable online pin debit on their website, from what I've read, it's about three weeks of custom programming. And that's just out of the realm of possibility for the vast majority of merchants, uh, especially if the advantage from a cost perspective under Durban, the difference of even the pin debit compared to signature debit uh, under Durban, the cost is, is almost, the difference is almost negligible. Uh, it's in terms of the security of the transaction on the Internet, now, for me, and I'm kind of a technology guy, I feel a little uncomfortable about putting my PIN number on the Internet. However, I'm sure there's encryption schemes that are, that are quite wonderful and, and PCI compliant and all of that. But uh, I just wonder at the value of doing online PIN debit uh, now that Durban has made all these debit cards so much cheaper. Okay. Sloan, we have just another minute or two left today. Anything else on your mind for our listeners, of course, e-commerce merchants, as we discuss the Durban Amendment or credit cards generally? Yeah, I just you know have, have one thing that is on my mind a lot recently, uh, and that's PCI compliance. So in, in the four years since I sold the online data in 2007 and, and launched my new company at the beginning of this year, the biggest change I've seen in e-commerce is this PCI compliance issue. And from everything I've been able to understand, talking with lots of different companies and merchants and gateways, PCI compliance is, is simply not going to go away. And based on the huge data breaches with millions of card numbers and personal data being stolen, I believe it's only a matter of time before merchants could have their processing suspended for being non-compliant, although we have not seen that yet. So I encourage all merchants and service providers like shopping carts and hosts to take PCI very seriously and uh, and really practice safe transactions. Uh, and, and all in all, I'm still enormously excited to be back in e-commerce, even with uh, a lot of these challenges that, that the industry is facing right now. So, you know, I really appreciate the conversation, and uh, thanks so, so much for having me, Kerry. You bet. For purposes of our listeners, we've been visiting with Sloan Bouchevet. Sloan is a longtime credit card industry leader. His new company is Interchange PlusSolutions.com. That's InterchangePlusSolutions.com. 
we've been discussing the Durban Amendment and how that will affect merchants as it relates to debit cards and also the PCI compliance regulations. Sloan Bouchevet, as always, thank you for your time, sir. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you. time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.